This is Radio Boston. I'm Tiziana Deering. They are sleeping on the floor at Logan Airport and in cars. More than 600 families in the state who legally qualify for emergency shelter are now on the wait list. It is growing. WBUR's Gabriela Emanuel has been covering this story for months, joins us now to catch us up. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard number. Uh, you've been uh, to Logan. You've seen the situation there firsthand. I've seen some of your photographs. Describe it for us. So several people have described the situation at Logan to me as a de facto homeless shelter. Um, Lately, in the baggage claim area, there is somewhere between 100, 200, maybe upwards of 200 people sleeping on the floor. This includes very young kids, kids under a year, and families basically have a thin blanket. Maybe they're leaning against a wall or a window, their bags around them. The airport has stopped giving them cots, so that's just the hard floor. They don't have access to showers. There is a bit of a dance going on here. These families tell me that during the day they are at the family welcome centers. These are places that were two places that were set up by the state last year to connect newly arrived migrants with kind of basic resources, diapers, food, things like that. But then when that closes at the end of the day, these families are being put in Ubers, taxis, lifts and sent to Logan Airport each night. And then in the morning, the airport sends them back to the Family Welcome Center. A spokesperson for the state told me the Family Welcome Centers give people transportation to wherever was the last safe place they stayed. They say they don't encourage them to go to Logan, but sometimes they don't have another option. I should also add, experts say they have serious concerns about the family's well-being, their health, and then there are also people who've raised concerns about airport safety and security because there are people sleeping there and people dropping off donations, that type of problem. Where are the two family welcome centers? Remind us. There's one in Alston, um, Brighton area, and there's one in Quincy. Okay. So what are you hearing from the people who are finding themselves sleeping on the floor at Logan? Yeah, the people I've spoken to said they're they're really struggling. Earlier this week, uh, there was a father there I spoke to, uh, DaCosta. We're just using his middle name to protect his identity. But he's there with his wife, Three kids, uh, ages six, three, and one. He described this routine of kind of ping-ponging between the airport and the family welcome center. Come sleep in airports, and in the morning we come again, and over every day. Every day. Now it's day ten. Yes. Do you sleep okay? No, of course no, no. It's so cold. It's cold. I'm cold too, and. have no no bed. I don't want to be rude, but I think is this is the politicians and the government sometimes don't care. Yeah. They, they, you get the feeling they don't care. Yes, yes. So his family is on the wait list for shelter. Um, that's what he told me, but he has no insight into when they will actually get a spot in the shelter system. And I can also add that his six-year-old is not enrolled in school. He told me he was told that he needs an address to go to school, which is not legally the case. But it speaks to the fact that these families are kind of falling through the cracks. So I just, again, we're speaking with WBUR's Gabriela Emanuel, our senior health and science reporter. We are catching up on uh, the situation with families who are seeking emergency shelter, who legally qualify for emergency shelter, 
but are no longer able to receive it. And I'll remind our listeners that uh, there was a state law 40 years ago that we would provide emergency shelter to families who legally qualify. Back in November, Governor Maura Healey's administration determined that there were just too many families, according to the administration, capped it at 7,500 families and created a wait list. We are now seeing the effects of that wait list. Prior to that, we would not have seen families sleeping in Logan Airport, is that correct? Yes. Okay. And so where are we on the the figure for the wait list? So as of yesterday, the wait list had 604 families. So that's probably in the 2,000 person range, uh, maybe getting up there. These families, as you said, have made it through this really rigorous process to be deemed eligible for shelter. So they have to be a Massachusetts resident. They have to prove they're extremely poor. They have no place else to go. They've done all that. And then they're put on a wait list and they have to kind of wait and there's very little um, clarity into when you will get off the wait list. As you said, for context, we have this law. Massachusetts historically has been seen as a model in how to deal with family homelessness. Um, But there's record demand and everything has kind of shifted and changed this past year. I spoke with a number of people who work with homeless families who said we are now far from a model. We see families sleeping outside every single week, that in and of itself is an indicator that this problem is like beyond terrible. There isn't really a safety net any longer. I mean, if the safety net is you're approved and we'll call you sometime, that's not a safety net. It just feels really, trying to think of the best word, barbaric. So that is Rachel Hand of Family Promise North Shore Boston, Emily Herzig of the Northeast Justice Center, and Catherine Addy-Bell of the Central West Justice Center. And I got a statement from Scott Rice, who oversees the shelter system for the state, and he acknowledged this kind of unmet need, is what he called it. And he says they are working to open more overflow sites, but... So let's stay there, right? Let's stay on these overflow sites because the legislature in the supplemental budget work that happened in the late fall mandated that if there was going to be the supplemental funding that Governor Maura Healey asked for, that the state had to stand up these overflow sites, remind us what and where they are, and clearly not enough. Definitely not enough. Right. So uh, since uh, the past few months, they have opened three overflow sites, state-run overflow sites, one in Quincy, one in Revere, and one in Cambridge. There are also a number of other, uh, about five others, that um, are getting funding through the United Way of Massachusetts Bay. All told, those provide shelter for a about 250 families, but that is not even half of the shelter wait list at this point. And um, even when we talk about overflow sites, this is um, nothing like a real shelter. So some of these can be very bare bones. Some you get hotel rooms or private accommodations, but some are communal accommodations. At one site, there are 200 cots in two different rooms. Families cannot be there during the daytime. It's only open at night. They have to go somewhere else off-site to shower. The state says they're working on putting in temporary showers, but this gives you an idea of the conditions. And so what happens when somebody can't make it to an overflow site? They don't fit. Okay, so no, you, there's no overflow site for you. Right. So there are some churches and community groups that have opened up their doors, but many are doubled up, staying with friends, relatives, some are, um, there are reports of having to return to an abuser or stay in an unheated basement, an overcrowded situation. Many advocates I spoke to say they know families who are staying in their cars. One group even put together a handout for how to safely sleep in your car in Massachusetts in the winter. Emily Herzig, again, of the Northeast Justice Center, represents families uh, north of Boston. And she says there are ripple effects of all of this. 
am in pretty close contact with um, social workers at a hospital in our service area. They are saying that even for newborn babies, which should be the first priority in the new waitlist system, they're being told, yeah, the family's eligible, but can you just keep them, hold them there for longer because they don't have a place for them. That's straining a small community hospital. It's, it's kind of a crazy situation. So this particular hospital did not respond to my request for comment, but a spokesperson for the state said officials are in regular contact with hospitals and hospitals have so far not raised concerns, not complained about having to keep families beyond what is medically necessary. We're speaking again. This is Gabriela Emanuel, WBUR senior health and science reporter. We are talking about the situation in the Commonwealth now with a long, more than 600 family uh, wait list for the state's emergency shelter system. I, I want to come to a, I, I, I've got another question for you in a minute, but I want to backtrack for a second. Sure. Having run a large agency where we did shelter work, um, the matter in which you provide shelter matters. Uh, we are talking about being well, well below the standard of care um, uh, on things like overflow shelters. And that matters. Yes. Yes. I just need to establish that. <laughs> yes. So when you speak with um, people who advocate for homeless families, they say, yes, we understand we are in a crisis, but we also need the state to acknowledge that what they are providing currently is inadequate. Okay. So now we've also seen that people have to move sometimes very long distances to find shelter assignments. There's been some consolidation. The state says that consolidation is in the, in the, in the uh, spirit of actually providing better services and creating a more affordable uh, network. I'm thinking about the New Bedford Lights reporting on a woman whose birthing plan was uprooted shortly before her delivery because she had to be moved from Fairhaven to Lowell. So is that disruption, you and I have talked about it before, is it still an issue? Most definitely. So it's both an, both an issue for the shelters and also for the overflow sites. There are parts of the state, large parts of the state, that have absolutely no overflow sites. So Western Massachusetts is one example. So say there's a family there, they are lucky enough to get an overflow spot, um, they may have to travel several hours to get there. I spoke with Catherine Addybell um, of the Central West Justice Center, and she said this is especially hard for kids. They're now being yanked away from maybe what is the most stable part of their lives, which is their school, their classmates, their friends. Also, you know, many of my clients are are working. You know, this is this is the working poor. They're at risk of losing their jobs, which is totally counterproductive. State officials, again, say they are working to open more overflow sites, hopefully some in Western Mass. And they do say their data suggests 75 percent of the wait list, almost 75, I should say, are families in the greater Boston area. OK, so Governor Healy released her budget proposal yesterday. And in a yep. few minutes, we're going to dive more deeply into it sort of across that. But for now, the actual budget that she's released level funds the emergency shelter system at 4,100 families, despite the fact that right now the system is maxed out, according to the Healy administration, they, they chose to max out at 7,500 families and then create this wait list. So in the budget, it's 4,100 families, and then the administration draws the rest of the money to kind of cover this situation that we're in um, from one-time sources, uh, which would suggest an assumption that at some point this is not where we are anymore. What are you hearing on the ground about Healy's overall financial and, and approach to this? 
Yeah, so I've spoken to a couple people, advocates for the homeless, who say this is all very concerning. Basically, there, as you said, is this assumption that there will be a substantially lower shelter population at some point in the, the near future. And it's unclear how the governor will actually achieve that. Advocates say they were grateful to see that there were no additional eligibility requirements that have been announced yet. But one thing that's on everyone's mind is that late last year, the state gave itself the right to limit how long families can stay in the shelter system. It hasn't done that yet, but there is concern that that might happen in the near future. We've seen other places like New York City do that. Um, But, you know, advocates say that's disruptive to families. Where will they go? And to be clear, do the agencies think we are looking at a short term situation here? No, there is a sense that uh, we're playing catch up and scrambling to deal with a situation that was predictable. Okay, so Healy also joined eight other governors across the country pushing the Biden administration for more funding. But she went further earlier this week calling for reform to border policies, pushing on immigration reform. Congress may be close to a bipartisan deal like that on that, but it doesn't look like it would contain You know, some of the measures that long have been held important by progressives, such as the path to citizenship for people who are already here, are organizations watching Healy, watching D.C. on immigration policy? Yes, they are. But I will say there's a sense of frustration among some homeless advocates saying that the governor keeps blaming the shelter situation on immigration, on the federal government. We know about half the families in the shelter system are asylum seekers, refugees, recent migrants. But there's another half that are longtime Massachusetts residents who are facing a housing crisis many years in the making. And they want uh, the acknowledgement that both of these are pieces of the puzzle. So what do going to follow now, Gabriella? I mean, I think we really have to see what happens with the Logan situation. We have to see whether there is a cap placed on how long families can stay in the shelter system. There's a lot that's in flux right now. What we do with all of these uh, families who are on the wait list, many who don't have somewhere um, safe to go. Uh, this is a new situation for Massachusetts, and uh, we really need to see what, unhap- what happens and how it all unfolds. WBUR's Gabriella Emanuel, thanks so much. Thank you.